Will those who are to be saved be few? This is how it answers. The door is narrow. There will be a measure of struggle and suffering to negotiate this narrow opening. Well, what makes it too narrow? Why cannot people quite squeeze through? Well, it is that they are too thick. Thick with what they think are their just deserves, laying down with overconfidence in their own abilities, with a hefty assumption, presumption, that they will be amongst those included. Their expectations are overly large, and they're based on their acquaintance with Jesus. We can grant your presence. You talk in our streets. Jesus has been noticed in their way, at their parties, with their friends, in their familiar places, on the streets that they own, our streets. We cannot treat Jesus, our King and our God, like an outsider allowed to mix with friends on our property. For the earth is the Lord's, and all that is therein, says the psalmist. And we sometimes, I think, fall into the trap that God is somehow an outsider, looking in on the world that we own, the world whose destiny we shape. And as long as we are deluded into thinking we are the center of attention, everything that happens is all about us. We're making assumptions which deprive us of entry through the narrow door. It is this fatal egocentricity that we call original sin. We know you, Jesus. We parted with you because we thought we thought you were our type. We thought we were fun to know. We decided that your presence was a pleasure. We saw people stop and listen to your teaching. It doesn't mean we stop and listen. But we're aware that your being around is useful for other people. Complacency. And if that is our way of thinking, if that is the way that somehow we want to establish credibility with the Lord, the outcome, Jesus says, will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. We cannot be complacent. To get through the narrow way involves confrontation and discomfort. The second reason I find that this passage is disturbing is the matter of the door being shut and locked. It is exclusion, one of the hardest things to take. Unsuitability, final unsuitability. After the door is shut and locked, Jesus speaks to people who still think that they should not be excluded, who still think they should be on the inside. Of course, God is merciful in a way that we can never begin to understand. Call it today, tells us that His mercy is His glory. But there is the mention here of final unsuitability without a crumb of comfort. We wish the door was wider, but it is shut. And people call it the keyhole, Lord, Lord, open to us. But they do not get in. 
They are, in Jesus' own words, thrust out because of their complacency. And then there is this disturbing theme of winners and losers, which goes against our democratic sensibilities. Who are the people that get in? Well, of course, the great heroes of the faith, the Abrahams, the Isaacs, the Jacobs, all the prophets, but also those unknowns who come from east and west and north and south and sit at the table in the kingdom of God. Those souls who are unnamed, unrecognized, unconnected by the world's standards, unsuitable, but nevertheless have a real sense of need and infinite desire. These are the ones whose desire and will will not be satisfied with anything less than their maker and redeemer. They are those who are not complacent. They will suffer disappointment and rejection and the catcalls of the sophisticated and the successful and the busy. These are the ones whom the world judges unprofitable with priorities that puzzle the wise and the clever. You know, God is always turning things on their heads. Behold, some are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. God is not a sure bet when it comes to the horse race of life, and the racing form that we have in our hands drawn up by knowing experts is of no use when it comes to God. He produces winners who have no recognized pedigree with odds of a million and one, the last people in the world that he would choose. Now I think that there's a certain naivete in those who successfully negotiate the narrow door. They're not out to win something for themselves, but to find God. These are the ones of whom Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The people who know they are nothing, who know they have nothing of consequence, who don't rely on their own wit and their own wisdom, their own cunning and their own manipulation. Those who negotiate the narrow way are childlike, trusting souls who, when they have their God, have all they can desire. <laughs> Lastly, this narrow door permits no baggage, no overconfidence in our own abilities, no presumption that we will be amongst those included, no complacency. The narrow door is wide enough only for a cross. In the words of that again, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. And this is the cross that is held before us in Lent. This is the cross that Jesus tells us will be ours. Always the struggle and striving personal grief, crushing anxiety, a sickness, a loss, a blow, 
burden unsolved. And when we know that we have nothing in ourselves to help ourselves, we are left naked, apart from God's grace, God's life, God's favor, to clothe us. My friends, this Lent, this life, do not be complacent about heavenly things. Struggle, strive, exert to enter through the narrow door.